Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the almost famous Tiny Stage Hour, 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. Now, if you're a local band or musician with original music you'd like to hear on the radio, reach out. You can find all the contact information on the almost famous page at 95.9 WATD.com. Give me a follow tonight on Facebook and Instagram at Almost Famous Radio and subscribe to the podcast. Find that by searching Almost Famous WATD on your favorite podcast app or head over to almostfamousradio.com. So tonight on the tiny stage, being joined by somebody who's been here a number of times with somebody else, never on his own, Norwood Pearson. How you doing, my friend? Good, John. How you doing? Doing great. Welcome. Thank you. So for those who missed the first couple times you've been here, who is Norwood Pearson? Norwood Pearson is a guitar player, primarily, that specializes in acoustic music for his own material. I love it. Thank you. And something a little bit different about tonight is there are no lyrics, no words. Definitely not. So this is going to be fun. I'm excited to hear what we're going to be hearing tonight. But you've been here a couple times in the past with other people. Share the names of those people who have been uh, with you the last couple times. Cool. Uh, So shout out to both Megan Lynch and Kiana Marie Trinidad. Both both amazing musicians. Fantastic. And And really nice people, too. They really are. Yeah. And you are, too. So thank you for making this work tonight. Share with us your online information if people want to follow along with what they're hearing tonight. Sure. So all the complete information is on my website, norwoodpearson.com. And I'm also on Instagram, and that's where I post uh, regular updates on gigs and uh, what I'm doing. Awesome. And are all those linked on your website? They are, yes. Great. And you're working on a new album. Talk about that. I am. So this album is called Songs for River. It's going to be out in April of this year. And the album was inspired by the birth of my son, River, uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic, right in right when the lockdowns started happening. So he was born around April. What what do I mean around? He was born in April. (laughs) Uh, He was born in April and um, any new parent knows it's such a profound experience. So paired with that experience was me staying home because my job just kept me at home and uh, I had a lot of time to spend with him and to think about life and I spent that time writing a lot of music that was inspired by uh, having a new child and that music was eventually turned into the album that's coming out. Very cool. I understand it's it's mostly done. Do you have a release date in mind yet? I'm thinking April 13th. If you go to the website or my Instagram, you will definitely see updates leading up to the release. Fantastic. Well, let's start off with some music tonight, Norwood. What are we kicking off the show with? Uh, The first tune I'll do is uh, called Breaking Light. Let's hear it. We have Norwood Pearson live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. It's all yours.
Pearson live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Great job, man. That sounded amazing. Thank you. What are we uh, listening to uh, from that guitar? Give that guitar a plug as well, because that just sounds like the monstrous sound out of that thing. <laughs> okay, Bill. Does it have a name? Uh, this guitar is a Maiden performer. That's not Martin for all you guitar players. Maiden. It's out of Australia. <laughs> Very cool. Have yeah. you named it yet? If I named it yet, uh, no, I'm not that sentimental. <laughs> maybe put Kiana on that. She can maybe yeah, there help we out go. with that. <laughs> there we go. Very nice. And so we're listening to instrumental music tonight, as we mentioned before. No words. So how did that song come to you? Breaking Light is an attempt to capture the mood of when the light, you know, comes through the window down onto my child when he's a baby and sleeping, basically. That's great. Yeah. What attracted you to instrumental music? Well, I always tell people that I can sing, but nobody's going to pay me to do it, (laughs) you know? And I think in terms of patterns and colors and images and less in words. So a natural way for me to express myself is through an instrumental medium. Because that's how I think. So I'm envious of people who can write out lyrics and make it really meaningful for them. That's that's not in my skill set. Well, speaking of expressing yourself, talk about how music first became part of your life. Music was part of my life as a kid. I started playing when I was 9 or 10. Funny story, my elementary school teacher, when I enrolled in music classes, pulled my mother aside and told her that music is actually my first language and not English and that I need to pursue this at all costs and that she can't let me quit or anything like that. So she shared that story with me a couple years ago and that teacher has since passed. He was amazing. Uh, Shout out to the English family in Maine. You never know, you know, as a adult and a teacher like the little things you do that can change the whole course of somebody's life and that was definitely one of them for me when did you realize that music was going to be your career first started taking it seriously uh when i went to uh, music camp i was originally formally studying uh, trombone growing up and i still play it but i was in a bunk with people who played all these different instruments and one of them Uh, was a guitar player who was way better than me at the time. I was probably like 12, 13. He was awesome and very supportive of my playing. And I remember we used to go jam a lot on like Metallica tunes. And uh, I really enjoyed the camaraderie of that and the connection. And I was really inspired by this person's ability to play. And so when I came home that summer, I started taking it very, very seriously. And I basically just kept it going since. That's amazing. Yeah. What changed about your confidence level after that? Not so much confidence, but just when you see people who are levels above you, you can, as a person who's trying to get better, be either inspired or discouraged (laughs) by what you see from people. And in this case, I felt like I needed to practice a lot because I saw where it can go and um, I wanted to reach that level and so that was the spark and i'm sure the fact that he was supporting you in your creativity at the same time helped the situation as well right exactly we're chatting with norwood pearson on the tiny stage tonight 95.9 w-a-t-d let's do more music what are we listening to next this next piece is called melancholy and uh to set it up 
it is about capturing that feeling of melancholy, thinking back to events in your life that you want to get back to, but you never can really get back to. So if you want to try and connect with this piece as a listener to the, what I originally intended, think about a time in your life or an event or something that you want to get back to uh, and you think of fondly, but you can't quite get there uh, because that's life. Uh, the end of the piece has the theme restated with harmonics, which is um, kind of a, uh, an echo of the original melody, which reflects the feeling of wanting to get back to something, but you can't quite reach it. Well, let's hear it. We have Norwood Pearson live on the tiny stage with the acoustic guitar, 95.9 WATD.
Norwood Pearson with the acoustic guitar live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. <clears throat> it's taking some getting used to not hearing lyrics up here in the recording studio during this interview tonight, but the music is just so incredibly descriptive without the lyrics. Is that something that's intentional? I hope so. I hope it comes across that way. As I, I try to communicate something that can be accessible to the average listener because a lot of guitar music tends to be for other guitar players. If you go on YouTube or Instagram, you see all these amazing players and they're doing all this technical stuff. But for me, when I see that, oftentimes I see a lot of amazing playing, but not a lot of melody that people can catch on to. So when I was writing this material, I really kept the non-guitar player in mind when composing this. There should be a, a melody or something that people can listen to and hum you know so it's liberating in a way because i'm not trying to impress people i understand that completely right let's talk about your background as a musician you studied at berkeley talk about that i did i i was there um 2005 to 2009 i studied music education it's an amazing program um i recently just talked to some of the faculty there and They've been doing some amazing things since I'm, I've left. So the people who are enrolled there, I'm very jealous on some of the things they've been able to do. Like uh, the special education department there is really doing great work. I studied with Cheryl Bailey, the great Cheryl Bailey, who's a jazz bebop player for two years. And then jumped around to different teachers. So Lauren Passarelli, Mark White, John Damien. I had a fantastic experience there. There's so many killer players. It's a really humbling experience. What do you think is the biggest lesson that Berkeley taught you? You can always get better. That's great. Yeah. Love it. In addition to Berkeley, you also hold multiple degrees in music. Talk about some of those. I was, I was reading that on your website, and it's oh. just amazing. Yeah, I have two music education degrees, one bachelor's, one master's. I have a special education degree, um, an autism specialist degree, and then I'm currently getting a doctorate in uh, music education at Boston University. That's amazing. Update us on that. How is that working? <laughs> it's a lot of about work. as much work as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, sleepless nights. And How far into that are you? I'm, I should be finished with the core coursework um, this summer. Fantastic. Congratulations yeah. on that. That's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. We are chatting with Norwood Pearson on the Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. We are coming up on our first break of the night. We have barely begun to scratch the surface of music and and talking with Norwood tonight, so a whole lot more is heading your way. Brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass, right here, 95.9 WATD. Stick around. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the almost famous Tiny Stage 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England, brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea, being joined in studio tonight by Norwood Pearson. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Doing great. Thank you again for making this work tonight. Thank you. So give us another update as to who you are. I am a guitar player out of the Boston area, primarily, and... I spend my days playing and teaching and, you know, gigging with all sorts of amazing people. Very cool. And you've been yeah. here before. I have. A couple of times. Here. Yes, I have. Once with Megan Lynch and once with Kiana Marie Trinidad. Very cool. 
You also have quite the roster of artists that you've worked with in the past. Give us some of those names, if you would. <laughs> oh, name drop now. Yeah, absolutely, yes. <laughs> so I've been very fortunate to work with um, probably 10 years now with the Platters, with Herb Reed's The Platters. They've taken me to many amazing places. They took me to Brazil and to Hong Kong and gone around the country with them. Amazing group of people, amazing singers. Through them, I've also worked with other artists like the Drifters and the Coasters. Peaches and Herb I did a gig with once. Dolores Lala Brooks. Uh, those are some of the bigger names. That's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. You. And you're also in the middle of working on an album that's coming out in April. Talk about that. I am. It's called uh, Songs for River. It's a collection of instrumental guitar tunes that I... I'm dedicating to my son, River. I was in, they were inspired by his birth right in the beginning of the pandemic. So. And he's featured in the album cover. He is, yeah. That's so, very cool. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Where's that going to be available once it drops? That'll be on all the digital platforms. I'm also doing some vinyl, which will be available oh, on nice. my website. And I'll also pair that with a book of sheet music. Uh, of all these tunes, which nice. people can purchase. And tablatures and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, for any guitar players who want <laughs> nice. to play this stuff. Love it. Speaking of which, let's do more music. What are we listening to next? Uh, this next tune is called Furiously Fixated. Uh, it's kind of a crazier, strange arrangement. Not the type of harmonies you would hear in uh, a lot of fingerstyle music. My wife called it Furiously Fixated because it reminded her of how... When River first learned to walk, how he would like it was just chaotic, and he would get up and fall, and get up and fall, and there'd be so many changes. So enjoy. Let's hear it. Nord Pearson live on the tiny stage, ninety-five-nine WATD. <laughs>
Pearson live on the WATD Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD, a song that you did not name. <laughs> You're right. Very nice. So I'm just watching you through the glass here, performing tonight, and the instrumental music that you're performing must take an amazing amount of concentration. Talk about how instrumental music works for you. How do, how do you actually compose? Uh, I compose using my ear. So I've thought about how... Previous generations of fingerstyle players who I've studied, people like um, Jerry Reed and Chet Atkins and Tommy Emanuel and Pete Hutlinger and, and many more, they grew up listening to certain music. And it's my responsibility to pick up what they did, but also acknowledge that I'm of a different generation and have listened to different music. So I grew up on more contemporary music that's not acoustic. I, I was really into jazz fusion and progressive metal like dream theater for a long time and players like steve vai that stuff creeps into your subconscious and so when i'm composing i let my ear take me wherever it's going to go based on one little uh, motif or chord or something and then it just kind of builds from there and i take a lot of inspiration from the writing process of stephen king uh he lays out his process and on writing, how you're constantly revising and thinking of it as a work in progress. So I try to approach it like that. Once I complete something, I let it sit for a while and then I revisit it and revise it just like he does with his writing. So Something else we've talked about throughout the night is, and obviously anybody listening notices, there's no lyrics in your music. However, the lyrics kind of are implied through tuning styles, the, the harmonics, different patterns. Mm-hmm. Do you write songs as if lyrics were there? Because they still seem to have that, you know, the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. Yes, structure. that's intentional. That's, that's, I do, going back to the accessibility part, I try and structure it similar to a pop tune, you know? Yeah. But I'm not thinking lyrics. I'm thinking a specific mood or a vibe or a concept. And um, sometimes I'll be playing um, and, and working on something and it'll go somewhere and I'll have to cut apart because it doesn't fit the vibe of the rest of the tune so it's it's very conscious in terms of how i'm structuring everything but there's no actual words involved when is the song finished when is it ready to be shared live when i can play it all the way through and it has a flow to it when i feel like i can go from start to finish it it just kind of comes out of me then it's ready to be recorded once it's recorded, it's done. That's the um, end point of the composition process. However, um, I do take inspiration from players like Tommy Emanuel, who constantly revise their arrangements as they play live. So some of these tunes, years from now, I might throw in little things that I'm not doing right now. With them. That's very cool. Yeah. Has anybody approached you with lyrics to fit your songs? I've worked with singers before in bands. Um, I've always let them do the lyrics and stuff, but not with this material yet. <laughs> we'll see. That's very cool. Yeah. We're chatting with Norwood Pearson tonight on the Tiny Stage on 95.9 WATD. Let's just keep on rolling with the music. What are we listening to next? 
This next one's called Waiting Water. Going back to what we just discussed about the mood, for me, it was setting up kind of an image of water and like a peaceful, tranquil landscape. And my wife wanted to call it Waiting Water because uh, it reminded her of when River would jump into puddles. That's so cool. Yeah. Let's hear it. We have Norwood Pearson on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD.
Norwood Pearson live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD, playing some instrumental acoustic guitar for us tonight. And talk about when you're writing Norwood, how long does it typically take you to complete a song? I I know um, musicians who write in lyrics, they can take anywhere from minutes to to years to compose. Mm. Is that the same with you? It's a constant process of revision. So... Sometimes I'll have the the song pretty much complete. It could be pretty quick. It could be a, a couple days or a couple hours, really. But I don't consider it done by that point. You have to let it sit for a while, and then you have to go back to it multiple times. So if you put that time into consideration, it, it takes months for each tune. I want to talk about your teaching, because not only are you an incredible musician, you mentioned you have some, some degrees in teaching. Talk to us about how that became part of your journey. Well, I think musicians have a responsibility to pass on what they know and help nurture future generations. So there's no higher calling for a musician than to be a teacher. I know, you know conventional wisdom in, in the public tends to think of teachers as failed musicians, but I view it as the opposite. I think that musicians of the highest level have a responsibility to go into teaching in some capacity, whatever that could be doing clinics, that could be doing videos, or it could be a public school teacher. Um, it really depends on the individual and their disposition and you know how they work with people. You teach and you run programs at several different schools and, and um in institutions across the state. How do you adapt your teaching techniques to different environments? It's not the environment, it's the person. So, you know, to quote a former teacher, you don't teach music to the individual, you teach the individual music. So it really depends on who I'm with in either a private lesson or a classroom after a certain amount of time, you develop certain strategies and certain approaches. You kind of see different personality types and different accommodations you need to do for different students. So it really depends. How do your students inspire you? I enjoy seeing when they transition from doing only what is asked of them to doing what they want to do you know, where they're actually seeking out things for themselves. That's a really exciting moment. That's when you know they have it. And I'm constantly learning from those students who bring in things that they're into, where they're really working on things. And I enjoy going deep into different concepts with them. So in that way, they they teach me as well. What is your favorite teaching moment up until now, if you have one? Mm. I enjoy... When students who are usually from special ed backgrounds accomplish things that their family didn't think was actually possible. So that could be a student on the spectrum playing Mary Had a Little Lamb and seeing the reaction of the parents. I have a student right now who's on the spectrum who is able to now play chords along with me in songs. You know, seeing that growth is, I don't want to name names or be 
too specific. No, I know. You, you know, but uh, seeing moments like that, those are the real special moments. I think that's amazing. We're chatting with Norwood Pearson tonight on the Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. We have two more songs left, so what are we listening to next? This tune is very special. It's probably the most sentimental for me on the album. It's called River's Lullaby. And it was the first tune I wrote uh, with River in mind. And the middle part is a variation of the melody that I hummed to him right when he was born so when you're you know a father holding your son for the first time or seeing for the first time it's very surreal and um i didn't really know what to do or how to react so i just started singing to him just random notes not lyrics or anything and um i kept doing the same uh motif over and over again and the variation of that is the middle section of this tune. Uh, so it's meant to sound like like a little music box with that melody playing. So what you're hearing in that middle section is the first you know, melody that my son actually heard, which is kind of crazy. Let's hear it. We have Norwood Pearson live on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD.
Norwood Pearson live in Studio 95.9 WATD. Great job, man. I love these descriptions you're giving us of, of these songs as well. They really seem to fit the melodies that we're hearing. Thank you. Thank you. You mentioned uh, just before that song, we were talking about teaching, and you've brought this up a couple times throughout the night, but your work with autism. You have a, an autism specialist master's of education degree mm-hmm. from Cambridge College. And I'd love to hear you talk about the relationship between using music to better communicate and understand how autism works. Well, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk kind of general, but a lot of kids on the spectrum are very, very musical. So a lot of the research that I've read is suggesting that there's heightened musical abilities for people on the spectrum. Absolute pitch or perfect pitch is more prevalent in populations of students on the spectrum or people on the spectrum. And, and there's, there's other abilities. I've seen research on improving executive function and communication and social behaviors all from participation in music and music interventions from music therapists. And the thing that I'm studying, my phenomenon of interest at BU right now is the IEP process of students on the spectrum and how many of those students are actually getting music as part of their instruction because I've seen firsthand populations of students who don't get that and it's heartbreaking and um, it's one of the most important things I think. We talked too about you know music being in some ways, a language. Do you think it, it does kind of help bridge the communication gap between somebody who is trying to express their feelings but doesn't know how to do that necessarily with words? Absolutely. So there, I'm sure there are kids who are nonverbal who identify more with the sounds that they're hearing in music compared to just talking, and, and that's how they prefer to communicate. There's a movement called neurodiversity or a concept where people who are on the spectrum are not less than, it's just different. So, you know, if you take a kid who's nonverbal, they might prefer communicating in more of a musical medium than not. And we have a responsibility to help these people. Absolutely. That's Norwood Pearson, the guest tonight on the Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. We are up against our final break of the night. We have time for one more song. Does that work for you? It works for me. All right. We'll do that after this. 95.9 WATD brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. And now back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. For the final time tonight, welcome back to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD. I'm John Shea, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you each week by Tiny and Sons Glass, and in studio tonight, I'm being joined by Norwood Pearson. How you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for making this work. Thank you. For those who missed the first part of the night, give yourself one final introduction. Okay. I am a guitar player and educator out of uh, the greater Boston area. Fantastic. And about to release a debut album. I am. Very excited. It's called Songs for River. Should be out in April, hopefully April 13th. And share with us your online information where people can find you online tonight. The complete information is on my website, norwoodpearson.com. You can also go to my Instagram. And I do have a YouTube channel that I'll... I've, 
intermittently post to, but the the bulk of everything will be on the Instagram and the website. In addition to your music Instagram, I understand there's another account that's really close to your heart. <laughs> yes, yes, John. <laughs> I have a. Uh, uh, I started this years ago. It started as a 50 state account (laughs) like what can i do in all 50 states that's consistent so the account is about burgers that i (laughs) eat at different restaurants and it's uh burgers of usa and uh i think we're gonna go get one after this yes i think we are and uh that'll be posted but it's it's really fun to see the different styles of burgers around the country if you had to pick your top favorite of all time or one of your top favorites of all time what would that be well, if somebody's like listening right now in, in some part of either Massachusetts or some other state and they, they're they really, really hungry, what's, what's your recommendation? The, the burger in the Northeast that I would take a detour for is Emmy Burger in New York City, in Brooklyn. Okay. They, they dry age the meat for like weeks and weeks and weeks before they do it. It's just phenomenal. But, you know, every every state has good stuff. You know, uh, near here, Fire and Stone, I think, in Duxbury has an excellent one. Okay. They have some excellent stuff. Nice. So you're the man to know. (laughs) For burgers, (laughs) sure. We have time for one more song. What are we closing out the night with? Uh, This tune's called The Explorer. It's not about burgers, is it? (laughs) Yes. No, actually. (laughs) (laughs) This tune is meant to capture the the feeling of a, a young toddler exploring his environment. Let's hear it. So. Norwood, thank you again for making this work tonight. Best of luck with the album and the release and all that good stuff, and hopefully we'll catch you back here soon. All right, thank you. 95.9 WATD, one final time. Norwood Pearson on the Tiny Stage. Mm-hmm. 